Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning. We're back. My name is Earl. I'm a recovering car dealer. The name of the show is Earl Stewart on Cars. And this is about our 13th or 14th year. I can never keep track. Been so long. Uh, we're here to tell you how not to get ripped off by your car dealer. There, I said it. Angered a few car dealers out there, but uh, that's the type of show we are. We're candid. Uh, we tell it like it is. Uh, we um, exist because we help you. And uh, the point of the show is a how-to-do-it kind of a manual, uh, audio manual, video manual as well, because we're streaming the show, uh, how to go and buy a car, lease a car. Huge number of cars are being leased today. We can talk about that later if you want to. Buying uh, and, and, and leasing is only a small portion of your problem out there because maintaining and repairing takes up a lot more time. You have to bring your car in at least twice a year to have it uh, repaired or maintained. And uh, you get taken advantage of it there too. Uh, car dealers uh, exist uh, in the past. Uh, they're a retail organization, arguably one of the largest retail organizations in the world. When you consider the ticket price of a car, billions and billions of dollars of your hard-earned dollars are consumed maintaining, repairing, and buying automobiles. But the car dealers are existing in the 20th century, almost like the Middle Ages, really. It's, uh, it's a barbaric uh, sort of a experience to go in and buy or lease a car. Uh, if you bought one or leased one recently or repaired or maintained it recently, you probably know what I'm talking about. I always get to this point in my introductory talk on Earl Stewart on Cars, and I start feeling like, what's wrong with this guy? Oh, I know. He's a car dealer, and he's trying to uh, run down the competition so he can sell more cars. So the first thing I have to tell you, this is not an infomercial. Uh, I don't pay for this uh, radio show. Uh, this is a consumer advocacy, uh, consumer service uh, show. Uh, here for one reason only, to help you. And we've been doing this for a long time. So with that said, I am a car dealer. I'm still a practicing car dealer. I've been one for 50 years. And that's really my credentials to why I do what I do. I should say we because we have a team here in this radio studio, and I'll introduce them shortly. But when you do something for 50 years, you kind of learn uh, what it's all about. And frankly, I used to do business the wrong way. I used to sell cars, maintain, repair cars the wrong way. I was born into it. My father was a car dealer. Uh, he started in 1937. I came into the business in 1968, and that's 50 years ago. And for the first half of that time, at least, I kind of did it the way the car dealers are doing it today because everybody did it that way. I came in with my father. He did it that way. And uh, bait and switch advertising, SOP. Uh, Unfair and deceptive trade practices, standard operating procedure. We would advertise cars that we knew you couldn't buy for the price of the car, advertised. And uh, when you came in, we'd switch you to a different car or raise the price of the car that we advertised. Basically, uh, that's uh, deception. That's total deception. Oh, by the way, last week on the show, I offered $100 to anybody 
that could find an ad for a car at a price that they could actually buy the car for. And we had one winner. We did. Yeah. And now, bear in mind, there's 20,000 people listening to the show, give or take a few thousand. And uh, that offer was made to thousands and thousands of people. One person right. won the 100 bucks. Right. <laughs> and that person, hopefully, uh, will call in the show. Yeah, we're, not, we're not changing our whole... Uh, stick here it's it's still it's still <laughs> yeah. bad out there so the point being that car dealers virtually all of them all of the time are advertising cars at prices you can't buy the car for now other retailers don't do that maybe some do i mean some do but uh, in terms of comparison nobody can not do a car dealer television online ads newspaper ads you name it it's virtually impossible to find an advertised price that you can buy the car for. That's just the tip of the iceberg, by the way. It gets a lot worse. And uh, the other verification for us being here, my team here, is because of the Gallup Annual Poll. Since 1977, 43, 44 years ago, they started doing a poll on honesty and ethics and professions. And they've done it every year since 1977. Car dealers have always been at the bottom. Uh, well, not the dead dead last. Sometimes they're next to last. Uh, last year, 2017, they were next to last. They're down there with the lobbyists and the congressmen, the people that we vilify. I mean, the people that we really don't like. Dentists. Dentists? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're out there. <laughs> but dentists are good people. They just they are very inflict good. pain, that's all. <laughs> and uh, so there we are. Uh, we, we exist for a reason. A public service, that's what this show is, is a public service. Now, one of the most important things, as I said earlier, is about maintaining and repairing. And sitting to my right is Rick Kearney. Uh, Rick has been uh, with my car dealership for 20-plus years. He's been in the business for longer than that. Uh, it's kind of cool because he's seen the primitive technology grow into highly sophisticated technology and he's evolved with it let me tell you in this industry you evolve or you die and uh, that's what I want to see in the sales end of it and that's what we're working on but Rick here can answer about any question you have and he he grimaces a little bit he's got a little he, he's got, he cheats a little bit he's got his laptop there and he knows how to pounce on Google so he can use that, but that's the world today. Not Google, yeah, Google is part of our brain. If you don't use Google as part of your brain, uh, then you're not operating Shame with a full you. deck. You need a full deck. Google can make it happen. Well, the, this laptop is as much a tool to me as any wrench in my toolbox anymore. Exactly. <coughs> well, you heard it from Rick, and you know, all of us have problems with vehicles. I, I got a problem with my car. I just haven't had a chance to talk to Rick about it yet, and I guarantee you, Stu and Nancy and you, have some little thing, a tick, a squeak, a rattle, yeah, your gas mileage, uh, a little hesitation, maybe when you're going at a certain speed, car's pulling this way or jumping up and down. Everybody's got problems. So if you have a problem with your car that your mechanic has not been able to diagnose, then call Rick. By the way, Rick used to be a mechanic, and then he became an auto technician, and suddenly he's become an auto computer scientist. And that's because you're not driving a car anymore, folks. You're driving a computer. He's con excuse me, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. Rick is comparable to a brain surgeon. 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Close, maybe. So that's the point, except you don't, he doesn't put you under anesthetic or anesthesia, I should say, when you bring your car in. Some Until car you get the bill. <laughs> <laughs> Until you get the bill, exactly. So uh, we've, and I really, last week we got a, a large, large number of calls. We should always have more calls for Rick than any of us because your day-to-day is more maintain and repair than buying. You only buy a car or lease a car every three or four years, maybe five or ten years. I mean, a lot of people today, because the cars are so highly reliable, can drive them for ten years. Super reliability. And then to Rick's right is Nancy Stewart. Uh, she is my co-host. Also, in full disclosure, my wife. And uh, she knows a whole lot about cars, and she knows a whole lot about buying and leasing. And... Uh, the big thing that Nancy is advocating is something you all heard of the hashtag MeToo movement. Uh, you see the women's movement going on now. Let's face it, folks. Us men, we need to admit the fact we have not really been treating women fairly for a long, long time. I'm not saying we're bad people, but 20 years ago, 30 years ago, my mother, uh, when she was young, she couldn't vote. And uh, look where they've come a long way, right? And, and there's, been a, there's been a quantum leap and women's rights recently. So Nancy is here to talk to you ladies out there. She'll do anything to get you to call the show. And we have a lot of good female callers. We'd like some new female callers. And Nancy is going to incentivize you on that in a minute. Uh, to my to her left is Stu Stewart. He's uh, Earl Stewart III. Uh, he is my son. Uh, he is a, a cyber guy. Uh, extremely knowledgeable about cars. He's a generalist. He's not a specialist like Rick, uh, but he can pretty well tell you just about anything about cars, too. But he talks to the folks out there that are in cyberspace. He's got uh, the texting. He's got the Instagramming, the Facebooking. Uh, I said earlier, we stream the show. Uh, if you if you haven't got a radio handy, well, you wouldn't know I just said that if you didn't have a radio handy. <laughs> but uh, if you next week, if you uh, hear about this, we stream it on Facebook. So you go to facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Stream us live, and you can post your comments, questions, whatever you want to do. Uh, I think we're also streaming Twitter now. I think we're streaming our YouTube channel. Is this correct? Jonathan in the control room. We're trying. We're, on, we're It's live a bandwidth. On, we have a bandwidth issue. We're live on Facebook now. We had a little bit issue with Twitter um, yeah. and Periscope, but we'll get, we'll get there. And Periscope, right. We're a work in so progress. We're, we're going we're gonna to increase the bandwidth where the whole world is going to have Earl on mm-hmm. cars. So that's the team here. That's what we got going. Uh, I've talked way too long about <coughs> us, Nancy. Uh, tell them how they can get hold of us uh, and whatever uh, you uh, I'm going to tell everyone that uh, if you just tuned in, boy, are you... Uh, you're you're going to have a treat this morning from 8 until 10 o'clock. We're right here. And uh, the best part of the show is information, free information. And the benefits of this show are, well... Priceless. I'm going to rewind the tape a little bit here and bring you up to speed on Rick Kearney. Rick Kearney is going to have some information for us this morning on ethanol. He talked last week. If you tuned in, if you didn't, I'll bring you up to speed. He talked about the experiment that he was going to be doing with ethanol and versus regular fuel. Uh, also, we have a, a mystery shopping report that you too can be part of because we want your opinion as to how you feel about our mystery shopping report. And ladies, I have $50 for each 
first two new lady callers and uh, take advantage of that ladies also uh, I believe that Earl is still going to run with the hundred dollars and that is at the door price tax and tag advertisement he's got a hundred dollars is this true or is that was that just uh, last week well, it was just last week, but we have the winner uh, holding on the phone now. We'll talk to him, and after I talk to the winner, okay, we'll decide and what we want to do. I don't even work. have to look at the board. I believe that's Dawn, and Dawn's been with us a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, give us a call. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And as I always say, you make the show. So give us a call. Give us a text. There's many ways of getting in touch with us. You can go through Stu. You go through us at the studio. With all of that said, I hope you jot the, jotted the numbers down. I was talking quickly. I will repeat them one more time. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And Dawn from LaBelle, who, as I said earlier, is a regular caller. He's been with us a long time. Welcome to the show, Dawn. Good morning, Dawn. Yeah, good morning. Hey, can good morning, let me, everybody. Let, let me congratulate you, by the way, and fill in the folks that maybe not know why you're calling, but uh, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, Don's a winner for, of 100 bucks. He was actually able to find a car dealership in South Florida that uh, advertised a car that you could actually buy the car for that price. And uh, Don called in this morning. I really appreciate it. If you would uh, kind of cover that for us and tell the folks who the dealership is, we'll congratulate the dealer also and tell them how that went down. Yeah, okay, very good. Uh, yeah, yeah, last uh, week, of course, you made the announcement, and so I got on the Internet, and uh, it surprised me, I'll tell you, that uh, I looks like I could have bought or I could have got a, I, in fact, I did get an out-the-door price within about three or four minutes on the Internet. Amazing. Which was amazing. I couldn't believe it was true, so I did some further investigation. <laughs> but the dealer is uh, in Avon Park, which is just north of Sebring, Florida, uh -huh. and it's Wells Motor Company. Wells. And, Earl, it turns out they have a similar family situation as you do. Uh -huh. Apparently, the father started the uh, car sales in 1937. Wow. The oh. kids took up the uh, Dodge Chrysler dealership uh, in around 1967, mm -hmm. and they've been in that location uh, for 65 years or so, so... Uh, Kind of similar to your your outfit there. Well, that is that. Wait, could you give the 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 way the price was advertised? Uh, what I had uh, expected. I I was really surprised when Don w discovered this. It's like a gold nugget. I mean, you can you can look for car dealers that'll give you an out the door price for years until you find a gold nugget. And Don found one pretty fast, and that's that's really amazing. Of course, with online. That's what, that's the way you have to shop, right? Uh, you could cover quite a few. This is kind of like a shopping uh, lesson to all of you out there. Keep on looking until you find a dealer that'll either give you an out the door good price or at least get close. But um, what was the car and what was the price and and uh, how was it advertised? Uh, well, I looked on their used car uh, listings online and found a uh, 2012 uh, Honda Civic. 
Uh, I believe the mileage is about 35,000 miles, and I think the price was like 13,500, as I recall. Uh-huh. Um, and, the, and on their site, they you know had a little clicking thing there where it says, click to get your out-the-door price. And on their website, they, they do clearly indicate they don't charge dealer fees. Mm-hmm. So, so I thought, well, what the heck? I'm going to try this out and see what if they really do give me an out the door price. Mm-hmm. And so I clicked the thing and uh, got an email within a minute from uh, there's one of their salespeople, Kathy Poti. I'm not sure how you pronounce her last name, but mm-hmm. anyway, Kathy responded really quickly on a Saturday morning and said, uh, "What car are you interested in?" Well, I was kind of perturbed because when you click on the particular car you're interested in, you would think that they would know what you're interested in. Well, apparently not. Oh. So I had to tell her, well, it was the 2012 um, Civic. Right. So, and then another few minutes, she sent me the complete out-the-door price with all the deductions and with all the taxes, everything. They figured, you know, down to the penny, mm-hmm. your sales taxes. Uh, she said um, she included the dealer, I'm mean, not the, the uh, license tag, and she said, now, that's for a new tag. If you have your own, it'll be less. Ah. So she was like up front on everything. Mm-hmm. Now, the only question I, and, and, and the price came out less than it was advertised. <laughs> I remember which you had told me. <laughs> surprised. <laughs> I thought, how in the world can they advertise this car and actually show me a price they'll sell to me that's going to be less? <laughs> uh, so there was one, one item on there that kind of, I wasn't clear about, and it said uh, $79 as a taxable item. Uh-huh. And of course, as you pointed out, that can be one of these dealer fees disguised. Right. Right. So I so I asked her about it, and it turned out she said it's for uh, a title transfer, and it could be less depending on uh-huh. what it is. But that didn't make any sense because, right. as you know, if it's taxable, it's not a government fee. Exactly, yeah. Unless they made an error and called it taxable, but I, I think that's somehow a little tricky there. But but the, but the offset that they deducted two hundred and fifty dollar as some sort of an e they called it a e filing. I guess it's an internet incentive or something. Uh-huh. So that more than made up for that seventy nine dollar fee, <laughs> and that made the car price less than they actually advertised. Well, that is so refreshing, Don. I'll tell you, you kind of restored my faith in humanity, at least as car dealers go. And to Wells Motor Company, uh, and you gave their location, they're north of Sebring in Avon Park, Wells Motor Company. Uh, I don't. Apparently, they haven't got a new car franchise, but they sell used cars. So you folks out there in Radioland, if you're anywhere near Sebring, uh, you're near Avon Park, and if you want a used car, uh, contact Wells Motor Company over there. Uh, you can ask for Kathy, and uh, they sell cars honestly. And let me tell you something: you don't fer- find very many car deals. I'm going to with you on the with you on the line. I'm going to make the offer that Nancy alluded to for the next for, for the rest of the show. I will pay for the next three callers that can find a price that they can buy the car for out the door, one hundred dollars. It has to be verifiable. You know, can't just say I found found one, and uh, we'll have to fumble with this a little bit. Uh, 
the way Don and I did it, we emailed each other back and forth, so we might have to see some specifics. Uh, in fact, when Don first showed me the price, I saw this $79 item, and I said, no, Don, that's not really an out-the-door price because $79 is a dealer fee, but it doesn't make any difference what you call it if it was included in the advertised price, the out-the-door price, which it was. In fact, the price was actually a little bit less. So we need to verify it. For the, if you can find a car that you can buy out-the-door for the price advertised, Next three callers will pay hundred bucks. And Don, did you get your hundred bucks? Speaking of hundred bucks, well, that's another uh, interesting snafu. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know if I should tell you on the air. Oh, but, tell me. Uh, somehow, I have this service with the post office, and there anybody can do it. Where they will notify you every day of the mail that's coming, and they actually show you a picture of the mail. Uh huh. So on Tuesday, I saw the picture of your letter with the check in it. Right. But it never arrived. So somehow between the post office and the letter carrier, <laughs> it has been misplaced. But wow. I'm checking with the fault. post office to see what happened on that. Well, maybe uh, we need Don, to do what, Don, what day was that? Because I put that check in the mail. In the no, the mail did go out, Nancy. It was just you had to the post office. Right. I yeah. was wondering yeah. what day that was that he, yeah. you know, saw yeah. that. So, uh, well, now, yeah, it. It well, was there. It showed up on Tuesday as to be delivered Tuesday, but it never arrived. So, mm -hmm. you know, you definitely uh, sent it because they showed a picture of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was oh, just the curious way, the of Earl, the day. The, uh, the, that dealer is a Chrysler Jeep uh, Dodge dealer. Oh, okay. There, uh, Wells Motor. Well, that's great. Chrysler Jeep Dodge. So if you don't mind a little bit of a ride, even if you're not near Avon Park, let me tell you, to find an honest Chrysler Jeep Dodge dealer is not an easy task. And if you want to buy a Chrysler uh, Jeep or Dodge, most likely a Jeep, that's their big volume item, check with uh, Wells Motor Company in Avon Park near Sebring. Call them, get online, deal with Kathy, and find out what the out-the-door price is. I guarantee you, you won't get an out-the-door price from Arrigo or from Schumacher or from who, name me another. Napleton. Napleton. <laughs> yeah, you got Napleton, you got Schumacher, and you got Arrigo. Arrigo's the biggest Chrysler Jeep. You'll never get an out-the-door price from any of those car dealers. So I'll pay you $200 if you can get an out-the-door price <laughs> yeah. from Arrigo. So <laughs> yeah, not, uh, another very interesting thing is uh, generally when you do an Internet uh, inquiry with a dealer, they bug you to death. They'll call you and you'll get emails for months. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kathy contacted me, I'd say maybe three, maybe four tops over, over uh, two or three days, and mm -hmm. that was the end of it. Wow. Now, one of the very interesting emails she sent uh, a couple of days later it says, here are six important things you should watch for in your vehicle pur purchase research. And hmm. she lists dealer fees, uh -huh. rebates you don't qualify for, required financing, non-manufacturer warranties, added accessories, and buybacks. Just like you talk about every week, she uh -huh. put that in a nice list with the explanation of all those things to watch out for. Boy, you know, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to contact that uh, dealership, and I'm going to invite them to call in. Uh, we may have found uh, an honest dealer in the state of Florida. I mean, we've looked and we've looked. When we do our mystery shopping report, we have to score on the curve because we can't find anybody that really does everything right. Looks to me like we've got a car dealer in Florida now, Wells Motor Company in Avon Park that does everything right. I'd love to uh, find more out more about that, and we will contact him 
and maybe have him as a guest on the show, or at least to call in the show. So, uh, Don, I can't thank you enough. You're, you've always been a great caller, or texter especially, and now you've really contributed to the show by founding the golden nugget of car dealership in the state of Florida. Well, you're welcome. It was uh, it was very pleasant for me to actually find somebody that <laughs> I would actually buy a car from besides your your store. So I hope we can find more of these and uh, get a list together and maybe a coalition of honest dealers that can set the other dealers straight. I hear you. And, Don, we're going to uh, send you another $100 check, and we'll stop payment on that other check in case so, so the post office can't cash it on you. And <laughs> we'll send you the other $100. And that was, uh, okay, that was uh, money well earned. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. I like that, Don. The Coalition of Honest Dealers, the CHD. Let's do it. Yeah, that is. That's very good. There's two in there right now. <laughs> you know, uh, Avon, Avon Park isn't that far from Sebring. Uh, but uh, here's my stories. I got some connections in Sebring. And let me tell you what, the stories that I've heard out of Sebring and the dealers that are up there mm -hmm. uh, who are doing things the wrong way, my goodness gracious, it was great, Dawn, for you to share that story because, like I said, Avon Park's not that far from Sebring. So there are some people up there, the consumer, who can uh, get an honest deal. And uh, Dawn was talking about Wells Motor Car, correct? Yes, Wells Motor Car. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dawn. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember, Earl just extended an invitation to you. Uh, the I think you said three callers uh, for the out-the-door tax and tag advertised price. You can win yourself $100. And don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Do we have, have a text already? Well, we have a comment on our live Facebook video from oh. Andreas. Andreas says, speaking of dealer fees, I have recently heard a new one. I was trying to find a deal for the sake of the contest, he says. Uh, closing fee, that's a new one. Oh. He said, I thought this is limited to real estate deals. <laughs> yeah, they can, they're, very, they're very creative, and uh, they look for um, a business-related notary, doc, electronic filing. Uh, they're very creative. Uh, we have... Uh, Probably, if I got down and, and started writing down all the different ones, 25. Probably, yeah. yeah 25. Administrative, administrative <laughs> fee. Uh, uh, you just The only thing they have in common, they all say fee. And fee is probably the most misleading term because uh, you say fee to somebody, it automatically sounds like it's a government thing, yeah. and it's not. Well, we, saw, we saw Florida dock stamps being charged on non-finance deals. <coughs> exactly. So, yeah, they, they even leave out the fee there, but it sounds really official. Exactly. You know, when Don, Don first uh, reported the dealer that had the out-the-door price that was legitimate, um, he mentioned no dealer fee. Uh, he mentioned the dealer advertised no dealer fee. And we've seen dealers advertise no dealer fees, uh, one in Tampa, and that, I believe, was Port Ritchie Honda, mm -hmm. Newport Ritchie Honda. And on Facebook, the uh, gentleman manager over there uh, was congratulating me, Earl Stewart Toyota, 
for for not having dealer fees. And he says, we don't have a dealer fee either. And he was advertising, and if you get a quote from it, it says no dealer fees. All he did was change the name of his dealer fee, right. and he was using the technical, you know, he was saying technically we don't charge a bogus fee named a dealer fee. Right. We do charge bogus fees named other right. things. And a lot of dealers, are, uh, Mullinax Ford does the same thing. So uh, when I talk to the folks over at Wells Motor Company who legitimately don't charge dealer fees, I will tell them they should expand their disclosure that they don't charge dealer fees to say that we don't charge any non-government fees added to the price of the car that we quote. Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, we're going to go to West Palm Beach uh, where Bob is holding. Welcome to the show, Bob. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Earl, I have a, I'm wondering, do you investigate other Toyota dealers? Yes, we do. I know it's a little bit of a tricky thing, huh? Yes, we do. Uh, we. Uh, oh, you do. We do. Yes, we've uh, we've uh, mystery shopped uh, Palm Beach Toyota. Uh, oh, you oh, Treasure okay. Treasure Coast Toyota, uh, Southern Four Forty One Toyota, Al aka Hendrickson. Al Hendrickson Toyota. Al Hendrickson Toyota. Yeah, it's probably one of the most notorious uh, flim flam dealers in the state. And uh, we've we've investigated him a couple times. He told advertisement on, yeah. on a yes. different radio station. Exactly. And, you know, one of these boisterous. Yeah. Well, you know the routine. Sure. Well, the Toyota manufacturer, Toyota, does not like us to investigate other Toyota dealerships. Yeah, uh, I didn't think so. And we we felt we'd be remiss in our duty because Toyota sells fifteen percent of the cars in the USA, and in Florida they sell closer to twenty percent of the cars. Yeah. And so if we, if we didn't well, report anyway, them, we'd be remiss. The dealership is in Hollywood, and they advertise 50% off of 2018 Toyota. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's uh, Hollywood Toyota. We invented, we uh, shopped them a long time ago. That's a long trip. We haven't shopped them recently, but I'm very familiar with that ad. Uh, oh, you are. Okay. Yeah, they they uh, they run a full page ad, in, I think the uh, Sun Sentinel, and uh, they say 50% off 2018 vehicles. What they do is they take the new vehicles, they put them in their rental department, and they put a few miles on them, and they title them. And then if you look in the fine print, they will have the disclosure that this is a used vehicle. They don't use the word used. Uh, Stu, can you remember the terminology? It was called uh, okay. with, um, CPO. All right, okay. C certified pre-owned. Yeah, okay. CPO. Very good. Thank you. You're very welcome. And thanks for the call. That was an excellent question. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 877-960-9960. Love to hear from you, and we'd love to hear your text. We like the text because we can build up a little bit of a backlog, and the text number is 772-497-6530. Please write the number down because you might not have a question now, but you will in 20 minutes or maybe an hour. We're on the air until 10 o'clock this morning. 772 area code for a text, 772-497-6530. And you callers, I want to apologize <coughs> to some of you that have called in the past. Uh, we have three lines into the station. We're going to try to expand that. But if we have three people on hold, and we're going to be flagged by the control room if this happens, 
I will alert you if we have three people on hold, which happens uh, sometimes during the two hours, you may call in and nobody will answer. Uh, and that's just a, a, a fact of the switchboard. We're going to work on trying to fix that, but we'll alert you ahead of time. If, in just case you think we're not answering the phone, if, if you call and we have three people on hold, we don't know you're on the phone, and so we can't answer it. But uh, please call. We have nobody on the phone now and nobody holding, and our number is 877-960-9960. And as he told you earlier in the show, if you're female and you call and you haven't called the show before, Ka-ching, 50 bucks. 50 bucks, no conditions. You don't even have to ask a question. We just want you to call. Females are half the audience. And if you're a female, you're a woman, you want to call the show, and you haven't called the show, especially if you haven't called the show, love to hear from you. 877-960-9960. And you can text us, but you only get the 50 bucks if you call. Yeah, absolutely. We got a lot of money to give away this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, and, uh, you know, what's really important is that you vote on our mystery shopping report, and you can do that, as I told you earlier, at 772-497-6530, and our mystery shopping report is coming from Auto Nation Nissan Pembroke Pines, and you want to look forward uh, to that uh, mystery shopping report, and uh, as I always say, you make the show, we'll go over the good, the bad and the ugly. Gosh, I haven't used that term in 13 <laughs> years. <laughs> That's some pretty good material. It's a good movie. <laughs> because we do go over the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, we don't dwell on the bad and the ugly. We have a whole lot of good stuff. There's some dealers out there that are really making a difference. Uh, and uh, we want to thank Earl Stewart for leading leading the way and changing the way the car business has well well turned a corner in a kind of a bad way but he's bringing it he's bringing a lot of people back to where they should be i should say a lot of car dealers back to where they should be Hey, seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero you've got some automotive experts right here in the studio and uh, we'll try to answer all of your questions now back to the recovering car dealer i think we got some text coming in don't we Stu? yeah we do we have a interesting conversation going on our live facebook feed um, somebody brought up the um, dealers charging for a tire and battery fee, and I want listeners to know that that's actually legitimate in Florida. It's very small. It's $6.50, and it's for a new tire and disposal of your old battery. So that's a legitimate fee. It's a government fee. Government Correct. fees are legitimate. Yep. Uh, but then somebody else pointed out at a Honda dealership, uh, the shop charged them for the rags that were used during the service. It was listed as a separate <laughs> line item. And so I addressed that with them online, saying that the shop fees, Melissa Lena's fees, environmental uh, service fees, yeah. it, they work like a miniature dealer fee. <laughs> it allows the dealer to advertise discounted service like yeah. a $10 oil change. Yeah, one of my favorites is yeah. a waste oil disposal right. fee when they actually get paid. <laughs> right. Car dealers today, oil is $79 a yeah. barrel or something like that. And so they will buy your oil yeah. from you if you're a car dealer, your waste oil. So they get paid by the guy that yeah. buys his oil, his waste oil, and then he charges the customer right. for a waste oil disposal. 
disposal fee. Yeah, the, and, and dealers also make they they sell the the old takeoff tires when they change your tires too. So I wouldn't be surprised for them to charge a tire disposal fee. That's a pretty good racket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The service fee, uh, if you that's a great uh, post by the way. If uh, the service fee on when you buy uh, when you when you have your car service repaired is probably more egregious than the dealer fee because if you look at the total number of services and repairs, even though the fee yeah. might only be twenty five or thirty bucks, you multiply that times hundreds, thousands or more yeah. events that occur. It's the it's really the dealer fee in the service department. Yeah. And I don't know a dealer that does not charge it. In fact, I'll I'll throw another hundred bucks out there if you can find a car dealer in the service department that does not charge a, a miscellaneous fee or by some other name that is an add-on. And they typically calculate this by a percentage. It can be 5% or 10% of the amount of the service invoice. Yep. And uh, they usually cap it somewhere. But it's, uh, it can, I've seen $100, $150 charges on high yeah. on high well, expense. If you yeah. keep your car for 10 years, they get you about for about 50 bucks a year. Yeah. You're, in deal, you're in dealer fee yeah. territory. So my advice to you, when you bring your car in for service and you see the service invoice, You'll see at the bottom, it'll be something you don't know what it is. It'll have, it can be, as Stu said, a hazardous waste disposal fee, waste oil disposal fee, miscellaneous tools. It'll come up with something creative. When you see that, say to the cashier, what is this? And she'll go, hama, hama. And you'll say, well, I'm not going to pay it because I didn't buy it, and I came in here to buy this, this, and this, and that's extra. And chances are she'll take it off the bill. Most cashiers, most dealers are instructed if they make a howl about it, if they complain about it, take it off. Uh, maybe 10% of the time they won't, but it's worth asking. Mm -hmm. And we also have a text. Uh, this is from Alex in West Palm Beach. Uh, oh, we haven't had this question before. What is the appropriate course of action I should do when someone in the opposing lane has their high beams on? Well, uh, you want to you want me? <laughs> Nancy, <laughs> would you like me to answer that question? She has a def uh, def course of action there for you. I think what most of us do is we flash our lights, which is probably not the right thing to do. Right. I'd say but avert your eyes to the side of the road. Yeah, technically I believe it's illegal to flash your high beams yeah. at someone for that reason. Yeah. However, uh, my own preference is simply Excuse to... Excuse uh, me for a moment, Rick. I just want to let uh, the uh, listeners know that uh, we've got Dave on the line and we have one other on hold. Go hmm. ahead. My, my quick response is simply to aim the 50 caliber machine gun right. and light up their life. Yeah. That's what I'd love to He's have. He's borrowing my machine uh, gun. Just take out the lights. Don't hurt, don't hurt anyone. <laughs> you know, back in the day, <laughs> way, way, way back in the day, flashing <clears throat> your high beams on was an indication that there was somebody, a state trooper, running radar. Yeah. And that's uh, what we, how we alerted each other as uh, drivers on the road. We're going to go to Dave in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, guys. Listen, um, I called in before with a question. I just have an observation today. Um, earlier this week on television, there was a, a, a nice uh, article uh, about the active uh, group that is working on the, the airbag problems in uh, California, Texas, and Florida. I wondered if anybody had... Uh, had seen that. I think it was maybe 60 minutes. I believe I believe they were talking. Was it in Miami? Was it filmed in Miami, Dave? Do you recall? No, I don't recall. Yeah, no. Dave, I, I'm going to interrupt 
both of us here just for a second. I believe we have three people on hold on our line, and I just want to alert other people dialing in. Be a little patient. If you call now with three people on hold, we're not going to be able to hear your call. We won't know you're calling. But uh, All right, you, well, let me, let no, me no, no, bail no, no. out of here, Earl, and get somebody else on. I just wanted to make that observation. Yeah, it was a good little article, though. It, was, yeah, uh, it Dave, probably I th- ran six, seven minutes. Dave, I think it was, and it was. I remember it, and I'm glad you brought it up. It's very important. It was the first time I've seen a local awareness of the airbag situation, and I, yeah, I, I yeah. believe it was 60 minutes. Yeah. And thank you very much for calling that to our attention. It was a good thing. All right, guys, I'm going to hang up. Thanks, Thanks, Dave. Please call again. Thank you, Dave. You bet. You bet. Well, that's great that we've got so many folks calling in, 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530 and post on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cars. Just go to your Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Cars, and we're streaming live right now, so please uh, give us a post and we'll answer your question. I think that we're going to go to our next caller. Okay. What's uh, his name? And uh, good morning to you. Uh, and uh, uh, John, uh, John's doing his best over there. there we're, it's un- a little unusual for us to be backed up like this with uh, callers. And uh, Nancy's calling from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. I enjoy your show so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> from all You're of us. You're welcome. Great name. My question is, hi, my question is, it used to be, I remember, that you could, if you were driving down the highway and there was a car that was in front of you that was driving very slow, you could flash your lights a couple times and that was supposed to be the signal that they could be invited to move to a hmm. slower lane. I, you know, I, I don't, I'm from Chicago. I used to do that. People used to yeah. move over. I moved to Florida. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, That's the Chicago way. Yeah, I, uh, Nancy, Nancy, I'm, I'm going to investigate that. Rick's opinion was that you shouldn't flash your lights uh, to somebody else that had their high beams on. Actually, I'm going to give you my opinion. My opinion is it's a good idea to flash your lights uh, because it alerts the person uh, to uh, the fact that he has high beams on. He might know that. The same thing, and it's a safety issue. So if it works, then you have two people not flashing their light anymore. I'll get to you in a minute, Rick. And uh, the other question earlier was flashing your lights. Um, uh, and you just brought the issue up of flashing your lights if they're in the, in the fast lane and they're driving slow. To me, this is a dangerous condition. And uh, when you have somebody going the you know 50 miles an hour and let's say the the uh, fast lane and maybe the speed limit's 75, then that's a dangerous condition. People are late to work. People have appendicitis attacks. Uh, people are having babies. There are people that are in a hurry and they need to use the fast lane. So if you're going 45, 20 miles under the speed limit, I think it's a great idea to blow your horn and flash your lights. But with that said, I'm going to have to research the law on that because I don't, I don't invite people to break the law. We will find out if it's against the law. Rick, what were you going to say? I was just going to mention, I do flash my high beams at people to tell them their high beams are on. Yeah. And I will flash high beams to ask someone to move over and get out of that yeah. fast lane. Yeah. But uh, that being said, even though I do it, I do recognize that it is most likely illegal to do so. Well, I don't agree with you. You know, well, yeah. L- L- Linda's chimed in and says, you can't do that, Earl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're going to gonna find out. We're going to find out. We'll, uh, we got Google Thank going you. for us. You're very welcome. You know, I have something to add to this, Nancy. And what I, my behavior 
uh, you know, years ago was acceptable, okay, as far as this whole topic is concerned. But in today's a volatile society and what people, drivers, may be thinking when they're on the road, you know, what I think the best option is, is education. There are more people, more drivers on the road that feel that the left hand is the best place to drive and the only place We've to drive. We've got three people holding and right there now, are, there, and we need you to move should these calls the, along as quickly as You should be in can. the middle lane. If you're in the left lane, you should be passing. And it's as simple as that, education. Nancy, you are a first-time caller. You won yourself $50. Uh, John will take your information. I'll get that check out to you. Please keep listening and help us build the platform right here for ladies. We're going to go to Ashley from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning. How are you doing today? Doing We're great. well, thank you. I, I am, I'm, I'm looking to upgrade my old car. And I was wondering about buying a lease. Is that a good idea, a car that was leased, then they sell them? Yes, it is. Do they have many of those? Yes, it is. It's a, a late model a used car is a, is a great buy, and le off-lease cars are a good buy. But just like any used car, you need to check it out carefully. Uh, if you can find a car two or three years old, sometimes even in factory warranty, a certified car, still take that car to your independent mechanic. You might have to pay 150 bucks to have it checked out, but it'll be well spent. Uh, be sure to check it out with Carfax and see if the car has any recall campaigns or possibly been involved in an accident or other issues. And then you want to shop and be sure you're getting a fair price. But uh, I think an, a car that's been coming back in off lease is an excellent idea. It's a better value than a new car. Yeah. Does Earl Stewart lease Priuses? Yes. Uh, all dealers oh. lease uh, all cars. Matter of fact, pre uh, leases are coming up on percentage-wise almost equal to what people are buying cars for now. Uh, the manufacturers and the dealers are pushing leasing, which is something you need to be aware of because there's a good reason for it. The average profit on a lease to a dealer is more, and the manufacturers love leases because you will come back uh, to them more often to release or, or buy a car if they have right. a lease as opposed to a purchase. Yeah, because my daughter bought a lease car from Earl Stewart. Yes. And I was thinking of coming down and seeing if they had any leases that were back in for sale. Mm -hmm. Do you know if you have any now? We do, and all car dealers do, actually. And i uh, I got to remind everybody this is dealers. not an infomercial. Toyota I'd love dealers. to sell you a car. What's that? Toyota dealers. Toyota dealers, yeah. All Toyota <laughs> dealers have cars available off-lease and... Uh, in fact, all, all car dealers try to buy cars that have been leased because it represents <coughs> such a significant portion of used cars now. Uh, there's a, actually a preponderance of cars coming off lease, and uh, even rental cars are good values. The old story about never buy a daily rental car isn't true anymore. Right. If you get a well-maintained rental car, and most of them are, it's a good value. But, yeah, uh, my dealership and all Toyota dealerships have good values in off-lease cars. Are, are you guys open on Sundays? We're open seven days a week. And uh, most car dealerships are also open seven days a week. Okay, great. 
Thanks so much. Have thank a great you, day. Ashley, thank you, and congratulations. You are a first-time caller. You won yourself $50 this morning, so stay on the line and give us that information. I'll get that checked out to you, and uh, good luck okay, with your you. lease. Let's go to Frank. He's holding from Jupiter Farms. Hey, Frank. Hey. Hi, guys. Good morning. Hey, good Frank. morning, Frank. Um, uh, I missed you guys. I was on a cruise for a couple of weeks. And, um, oh, good for you. I can't get it on a cruise ship. How nice. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, the reason I'm calling, not too long ago with the headlight flashing, in some cities, hopefully not here in Palm Beach because we seem to have a little bit better, but um, the guys would run around with their headlights on, high beam, mm-hmm. and it was an initiation fee for gangs. <laughs> and if you flash your lights to get in that gang, they would have to turn around and try and shoot you. Oh, um, you can go on Google and see. It used to be done. I don't think it's happening that much anymore. Wow. But um, uh, uh, warning to the weary down here <laughs> if that starts happening. Something to think about. Um, so anyway, keep that in mind. Well, uh, thanks, I remember Frank. one time many, many years ago, I grew up in Miami. I never yeah. thought. That's a good way to so keep well, me we from flashing my lights. Hey, Frank, this <laughs> is Stu. Yeah, we had a text from Jeff in West Palm Beach on the exact same thing. He said he lived in Miami and... and in his text, he says they would drive with the headlights off, and if you flash them, let them know their headlights are off, they'd turn around and kill you. And I just want to, I mean, I don't know how, <laughs> it's an urban legend, and there's yep. been a version of that story going around probably since there were cars. And But I will tell you this, if I see a car without their headlights on, I don't flash my headlights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still a little creeped out. Well, but, well, uh, according to Snopes.com, well, this this it's yeah, never been verified. down yeah. in Miami. I picked right. one up at the airport from Germany. I was heading back to Kendall. And I was on that 836 getting onto the Palmetto, and this car was going so slow. And I just kind of tooted my horn, thinking, yeah, we can get them moving. They stopped, four doors open, and four guys got out with oh. guns. Oh, Lord. And I go, well, welcome to America, to my friend <laughs> on Germany. And, um, you know, we sat there and just said, hey, I'm so sorry. It was a mistake. I didn't mean to offend your mask and Lindsay. <laughs> macho and, you know. I'll have a nice day. And, yeah. What did you and call obviously, me? they didn't shoot us. <laughs> this was like 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. But, um, in a total different realm. Um, you're, you're and that exactly they do around right. here in Jupiter Farms. They flash your lights when they have a radar trap to make you slow down. So yeah. Yeah. that still goes on it's in the middle of the day. <laughs> in a whole different realm, a couple weeks ago before the cruise, I listened to your show, and afterwards they had a car um, advertisement from Roger Dean Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. And it was a real no money down lease for one hundred seventy nine dollars, one hundred forty nine dollars, one hundred twenty nine dollars, mm-hmm. and that was as quick as you couldn't understand. So I called <laughs> the guy just out of curiosity. I got people that were looking for cars, and I said, "So what all really do you have to put down? I mean, I'm sure there's dealer fees, acquisition fees. He said, what are you, an Earl Stewart guy? I said, no, I <laughs> he said, you can look. On, you can look at our ad. Read our ad. I said." Did you not hear me when I said, I heard your ad on the radio? It's hard to read something on the radio. He said, well, just go online and look at it. You should not have to bother me with all these details. And I said, so how much is it really to get that car? I know it's not zero down. And um, anyway, but so I guess your fame is spreading all through the car. Infamous <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it's, anyway. it's always heartening to hear those stories. We, they, there is an awareness of Earl Stewart on cars in South Florida. There's no question about that. And uh, I think that we are, I, you know, we like to think that we're having a positive effect. I think they've 
Uh, you know, who knows how bad it would be without us. I like to think it would be worse without us and uh, the, the awareness. I tell people that call me just sort of off the cuff. They'll just, you know, they, they just say, uh, give me some advice. I'm, I want to buy a Nissan. I want to buy a Cadillac. And uh, they'll call me back sometimes say, I went in and I say, use my name. I say, go in there and just say, I talked to Earl Stewart. And most people, if you say, you heard Earl Stewart on cars, Earl Stewart suggested you do this, they know who we are. And they are a lot more careful when they deal with you because they know that you're going to call me and we're going to talk about you on the radio. And no one likes to be bad-mouthed on the radio. So hopefully we're having a positive effect in South Florida. Oh, you are for sure. And uh, I wish you all a good weekend. Um, Thank you, Brown. I found such a deal. I'm going on another cruise today on a Miami called the MSC Seaside. Wow, you're going you're gonna to gain some more weight, Frank, so at least wait till you, re- you reduce. I, I hope they have good Wi-Fi on your cruise. <laughs> Catch the show next week. There you go. All right, Frank, <laughs> thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can, <clears throat> excuse me, you can text us at 772-497-6530. I think we have another text. <laughs> we do. Uh, anonymous texter says, Florida has a law that says you have to move to the right lane if you're going slow, but so many drivers on the roads ignore this law. What can a driver who likes to drive with the flow of traffic do about it? You know, you're talking to uh, the guy that's probably more I, aggravated than I, anyone. I, I, I saw you texting that in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was my text. That was my. No, it is. Um, I don't think there's an answer. I mean, don't we tell couldn't af- we couldn't afford to have enough police to enforce all these laws, and if they did, the traffic congestion would be terrible. Uh, on I-95 or the Turnpike, when a cop pulls somebody over, everything slows down. And the more people are pulled over, the slower the traffic. I feel sorry for the police because they have to use uh, uh, they have to use selective enforcement, and they have to pull pull people over they feel are going to cause the greatest danger. And uh, I, I, there's no question in my mind when you have somebody in the left lane during rush hour going 10 miles below the speed limit, or let's face it, folks someone going the speed limit. The speed <coughs> limit might be 55 or 75 or whatever it is. Whatever the speed limit is, people are going 10 miles an hour faster. That's the traffic flow. That's reality. And the police understand that. So if you're going 65 in a 55 zone, they won't bother you. Uh, so uh, we just have to, uh, Nancy said earlier, education. I think we need to yeah. continue, try to educate people that to know that it is dangerous to drive right. slow. They say speed kills, slowness kills. You take a person, let's take a person, uh, a man is in a car, his wife is giving birth, uh, and he has to get her to the hospital. That happened this morning. Or a sick child, or... This morning You know when you've been in a car, when you've had an emergency. An urge. Now what are you going to do when you're behind somebody... <laughs> 10 miles an hour below the speed limit. We're doing 100 miles an hour. You're going to do something reckless. You're going to do whatever it takes to get around that person that is trying to get to the hospital or to the doctor's office or wherever they want to go. So uh, uh, the answer to that is there's no answer. And I salute the police, who I think they do a pretty damn good job. What irritates me is drivers, when they even see a police officer, even if they're going the speed limit, they automatically slow down. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense to me. It's human nature, though, yeah. that part. 
Okay, we've got Phil from Palm Beach we do, Gardens. We do, we do have Phil, but I have one thing to say, ladies and gentlemen, just because you're on the road doesn't mean you're educated. Police, forget the police. You must be educated. You must be educated. Florida's not enforcing the law as to whether you should be in the left lane, the right lane, whatever. You yourself should take responsibility for that because you're endangering not only yourself behind that wheel, but the person that's in that car and the person that's on the road. My advice. Thank you very much. We're going to go to Phil in Palm Beach Gardens. Hi, good morning, Nancy and Earl. Uh, thank you for taking my phone call. I listen to your program every Saturday. Question, um, we had an incident with our Honda CRV this past week. Unfortunately, the garage door came down on the tailgate, and broke the glass, and damaged the, uh, damaged the door. And we currently have the car at a local dealer collision center for repair. Mm-hmm. I've been told by the collision center and the insurance company they will, were not, will not report it to Carfax. And again, it wasn't an auto accident. It happened at our home and no report was made. Is this true? There will be no reporting to Carfax? I'm surprised. I I think that uh, as long as insurance covers the repair, uh, it will automatically be covered by Carfax. It's more or less of of an automatic data, uh, you know, obtaining process. Uh, The only time... accident is not reported to Carfax is if it's paid for without an insurance company. Who told you it would not be reported to Carfax? Oh, I talked to her. I did talk to the collision center. Of course, the lady said, no, we don't report it to Carfax. And I talked to the insurance. I'm thinking it's a claim adjuster, and he kind of said the same thing. Now, I I can call my insurance company back next week, but I just want to get your counsel on it. Well, that's a good call. I'm going to double-check that. My understanding was that the repairing body shop, the collision center, uh, is not really involved whether Carfax gets it. The the uh, the insurance companies all have are paid, I assume, by Carfax to allow Carfax to access their database. So when something is repaired by an insurance company, paid for by an insurance company, it goes into their computer. Carfax automatically draws that data out of their computer and it becomes on a, on a Carfax report. The insurance adjuster, the collision repair center, have nothing to do with that. Now, there is um, an agreement between car dealerships and Carfax, but that's on mechanical repairs. A car dealer must sign an agreement with Carfax saying you may access our database to allow you to reflect mechanical repairs. Most car dealers, by the way, do this, but the insurance company database either has it or it doesn't have it. Collision Center has <coughs> nothing to do with that. Okay. Well, we'll probably keep the car for the next several years, but um, I just you know, want to be honest when I get ready to sell or trade it. I just exactly. I'm going to uh, I'm going to check that Phil because I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, there may be some way that a collision center can uh, restrict that information going to Carfax, or there may be a way that uh, the insurance company can restrict that information going to Carfax. If that's true, I didn't know it. And I will find out for sure because it is important, uh, very important. Uh, you don't want that in Carfax if, uh, if, if you're going to sell a car. Anytime a car has been uh, damaged, it lowers the value of the car. Even if it's not something serious, it still, to some extent, will lower the value of the car. So if you could control that, you'd like to. 
and uh, let's find out whether they're being honest with you on that or if they if they can restrict it. Uh, that is a, a very good call, Phil, and I appreciate it. I will find out the answer for sure. Well, thank you so much for all you do. I really enjoy your program. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Give us a call again, Phil. We enjoy your conversation. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Remember that Mystery Shopper Report is coming up, and I'm certainly hoping to hear from Rick on his ethanol experience uh, later on in the show. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Got another text or a post. We do. It's a comment on the flashing the headlight issue, and uh, the texter says there's case law on the headlight issue that defines flashing to warn oncoming drivers as a constitutionally protected speech. Huh. I googled it, and he's right. Um, even Florida, there's case law, Florida, Oregon, Colorado, that says you, you can't restrict a driver from doing that because it's a commonly accepted means of communicating amongst drivers. Well, that's great, and uh, my intuition was right. I think what we're doing when we flash our lights or blow our horns, if we're doing it with good intent, yeah. uh, we are making the road safer. Yeah. If you're doing it to harass, <coughs> it's a different story. It'd be a different story. And it's uh, encouraging to know that there's case law to support that. I wonder if that uh, poster was an attorney. Um, I don't know, but I Googled it. There's a lot of law firms, um, and there's a lot of stuff. If you Google flashing headlights, it, you'll find it all over the place. Yeah. Now, I wonder if that same legal theory applies to turning your flashers on during the rain. Because that's, that's illegal. Well, that is illegal, but it's also clearly dangerous. Yeah. The purpose of the flashers uh, are to let you know that there's a vehicle stop for an emergency. So if you pull over the side of the road, that's what the flashers are for. So when you see in a dense rainstorm <laughs> flashers, you assume, you should assume, the car is stopped. And if you see a stopped car in front of you, you're going to slam on the brakes. If you slam yeah. on the brakes in a dense rainstorm, the car behind you yeah, no, is right. going to hit you. No, because it's, it's a totally different message. Flashers yeah, exactly. mean equal something exactly. else. By the way, that texter is a construction worker, not an attorney. <laughs> I like you better already. I like construction <laughs> workers better than attorneys. Don't we all? And you're higher on the honesty and ethics and professions list. Quite a bit higher. Exactly. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, 772-497-6530, and Facebook posting. Facebook.com forward slash Cars. Do we have another text, too? We don't, but I do want to announce that John Neal is watching, and congratulations on getting your Facebook account back. Yeah. <laughs> hey John, John was fired on Facebook. <laughs> right. He was banned. Banned, yeah. Welcome back, John. I'll tell you an interesting thing about being banned on Facebook. Uh, my blog this week is uh, an open letter to Pam Bondi, Attorney General Pam Bondi, and here's the blog right here. Uh, it's also in Florida Weekly and Hometown News. So it's all about dealer fees, and it also quotes the dealer fee itself, the actual statute. Florida Statute 501.976. That's the law in Florida, and it's a law affecting dealer fees. It comes under FDUPTA, which is the Florida Deceptive Unfair Trade Practices Act, and it's a it's a, a very serious law, and it's been flagrantly violated by virtually all car dealers. We found one, by the way. Uh, what was the name of the car dealer that, that uh, Don from LaBelle? Wells. Wells Motor Cars. Wells, Wells Motor, Motor Cars. Cars in Avon Park. Right. The only one we found. 
that does not violate the law. So I wrote a letter to Pam Bonney, the Attorney General, and I told uh, Stu uh, when we posted the blog <coughs> to boost the the uh, postings. You can on on Facebook, you can pay Facebook to increase the frequency with which your posting is shown. You can increase it to thousands, tens of thousands. Basically make it an advertisement. And make it an advertisement. <coughs> so we wanted to get the word out all over Florida. We particularly wanted to get the word out in Tallahassee where Pam Bondi exists. She's there. She lives there, I, I think. <coughs> and her office is there as Florida Attorney General. And Facebook came back and said, we won't do it. It's just an interesting observation. Uh, Facebook also told the Iranians they can't run any more uh, political ads because they're trying to affect the... Uh, you are in dubious company. Yes. So the Iranians and Earl Stewart have been stopped. Yeah, it says, uh, Facebook says, we're not authorized for this type of ad. Your ad's not approved because your page has not been authorized to run ads related to politics and issues of national importance. Yeah. At least they acknowledge that the dealer fee is an issue of national importance. Exactly. <laughs> and so what we're going to do is we're going to protest the protest, and we're going to say we want to expand this and advertise it, because what it's saying is car dealers are almost unanimously breaking this law every day, Pam Bondi, and you are ignoring this. You're not enforcing it. And that's just not right flagrantly violating the law, and this law is costing Floridians conservatively millions of dollars. Car dealers out there are charging $1,000, $2,000. A teeny-weeny dealer fee would be $500, and uh, they're doing it illegally, and you're not enforcing the law. So we're going to alert as many people as we possibly can, and I ha I'm in discussions now with attorneys on a class action suit against all car dealers in Florida, except the one in Avon Park, who is not <coughs> violating the law on the dealer fee. So if you have any thoughts on the dealer fee, please call us at 877-960-9960. Uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530. And of course, you can post. We're live streaming this on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Uh, we have a little lull in the activity here. Uh, do we have a text here, Stu? Uh, no, I'm just talking with John. <laughs> okay. Let me let me talk with uh, let me talk with Rick here because, as Nancy said earlier, Rick has done an experiment on uh, ethanol gas. Yeah. Well, we had uh, who was our caller that uh, has the professional driver that he That's swears Mark. by the Rec 90 ethanol-free oh, fuel. Mark. Mark. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so what I did. Did a baseline first, running a full tank of regular E10 fuel through my pickup, and I kept just normal driving habits. Okay, tell us what E10 fuel is. This is the standard 10% ethanol fuel that's okay. available at every regular gas station throughout the U.S. 10% or less. 10% or less, yes. And it's basically it's the standard fuel that you get everywhere where you see the low grade, the medium, and the premium. They all have up to 10% ethanol in them. <clears throat> now, that one tank of fuel, I got about 17.4 miles per gallon. And that basically breaks down to about 15.5 cents per mile of fuel for the E10 fuel. How much? About 15.5 cents. 15.5 cents. The R90, which is the common name now for ethanol-free fuel... 
I did 18.6 miles per gallon, hmm. but due to the increased price of it, it did 18.7 cents per mile. Hmm. I paid approximately, let's see, where was my price? Ah, 268.9 for the E10 fuel, and the ethanol free fuel that I found at a Wawa station right in Riviera Beach mm -hmm. was 348.9 a gallon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty good increase there. Holy mackerel. However, for scientific purposes, no result is, is good unless you duplicate it, right? Mm -hmm. So right now I fueled up again with E10, or I beg your pardon, with the ethanol-free right. Rec 90 fuel again. And I actually found it, got it at a Wawa station again down in Lake Worth for 319 a gallon. Hmm, much less. So we'll yeah. see what that next tank load does, and if it comes out about the same fuel economy, the same 18.6 miles per gallon thereabouts, that, of course, will reduce that cost per mile a little bit. Mm -hmm. But there is still, you know, it is a little more expensive, about $0.03 cents a gallon, or I beg your pardon, $0.03 cents a mile more to run the Rec 90. Mm -hmm. But it did get a little bit of increase in well, the fuel economy. Uh, we finally are starting to document this <coughs> and get an actual firm answer. I wish Mark were listening, uh, our professional truck driver, who swears by ethanol, and he swears that the fuel efficiency with ethanol is so much greater, it's less expensive for him. And as a truck driver, you know, that's a, he burns a lot of fuel. Yep. So uh, I think, and Rick is on his second round of testing, found that the ethanol was less at the Wawa station. I wonder if we were to go on the app of uh, the fuel app for the shows, uh, do they show the cost of fuel or just the fact that they sell the fuel? I would say they probably are going to list the price per yeah. gallon at yeah. that time. Because if you could find the ethanol, the uh, pure uh, ethanol-free, zero ethanol fuel cheap enough, the indications are they probably give you a little better fuel economy. Yep. So let's let's see. So it's the cost of the ethanol-free fuel that is uh, killing this. Kind of, yeah. Kind of yeah. works against it. Yeah. Now I, I do know that most Wawa stations, which there's quite a few, have just popped up in Palm Beach County. Yeah. They all carry ethanol-free fuel, mm -hmm. and the thing to look for is any sign that says Rec 90. R E C 90. <coughs> Because that's kind of like a, uh, I don't really want to call it a slang term, but it's like an industry name for ethanol-free fuel. Rec 90. Because it's meant as a recreation vehicle fuel. I got you. Which any off-road vehicles that are meant to have ethanol-free, mm -hmm. or of course all boats, yeah. that's what you're looking for. Well, Rick, thank you very much. I can't wait to hear the next round of testing. Uh, Stu, I think we got some text coming in. Yeah, we do. Uh, here's a really interesting one. Uh, I sold car. I sold cars for many years in South Florida. When I was trained as a green pea, that means a brand new car dealer, yes. uh, car salesman. When I was trained as a green pea, I was taught to ask a lady customer if quote all the decision makers were present. We were not told to ask that ask men that. Back then, I never questioned it. But after listening to your show about how women are treated at car dealerships, I remembered my training, and now I'm embarrassed that I followed along with that. Interesting, uh, Nancy. I know you must have some comments on that. I think that's a great text. I really like that response. <coughs> you know, it, that was uh, fantastic. Uh, 
<clears throat> things have changed today. Uh, first of all, thank you for listening to Earl Stewart on Cars and uh, the respect uh, that uh, women uh, should be getting. Well, we're not quite there. Uh, we've done a lot of work and uh, we've achieved a whole lot, but you really have to be careful as to exactly what's going on whenever you're sitting in the F&I department and the man and the woman are sitting there and you're directing all of your conversation to him and not to the couple. Mm -hmm. Because in most cases, uh, women make up uh, 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 the population of women uh, is what I'm trying to say yeah. is more than men yeah. and most women are involved in 80 85 percent of the decision of purchasing a vehicle so you got to be real careful as to the words that you choose right worst case scenario you got a 50 percent chance that the woman is making the decision so asking that question now or for years is really ridiculous yeah it is very ridiculous I appreciate the honesty of the of the texture. Uh, he was trained that way. I think when he was, uh, I I got from the comments that he really didn't think about it when it happened, yeah. and now when he thinks about it, he was embarrassed. Yeah. And uh, so he's there's a lot of awareness, a lot of men today, uh, things that we all did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, and we didn't think about it. And now as the light is shined. Uh, we feel kind of bad about yeah. it. Yeah, it's just not passe anymore. And that's a great text. I really like that. And yeah. what was the uh, question? Are all the decision ma are all the decision makers present here? Are yeah. all the decision makers present? It's a it's a euphemism saying is your husband here or not? Basically, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a slick yeah. way of saying bring your husband in. Yeah, and uh, but yeah. like you said, it's right. This guy is there is a term with yeah. the millennials called woke. And that salesperson is woke, which means he's been enlightened to how things are now. Yeah. So, uh, we have another text, and this is from Paul and Stuart. It says, what's the deal with Jeeps in Florida? It sounds like Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with Jeeps in Florida? I see so many of them on the road. Few ever go four-wheeling with them. The last time I rode in one, it was not a comfortable ride. So what's the attraction? Before you answer that question, <laughs> let Steve know that we know you're on the line. We'll be right with you. <coughs> Okay, what is a uh, stupid? Basically, a, it's an uncomfortable uh, vehicle that never goes off road. What's the deal with Jeeps? Why do so many people like them? That's Earl's favorite to topic. Right. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a Jeeps. Uh, it's a the the reason people buy cars. One of the, the single biggest reason, not the only reason, obviously, but is it's an emotional thing. It's like it's like falling in love. It's like getting married. It emotions dominate that decision and when people buy a car and I've been selling cars for 50 years it is largely an emotional experience a Jeep is a very romantic vehicle it, 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 oh. it brings up visions of a lot of things mainly in men uh, World War two right. uh, General Patton John Wayne General <laughs> Patton uh, macho yeah. uh, cleaning cool I mean as a man, I have to say, when I see... Give me a gun and a, a Jeep. Viscer, I have a visceral <laughs> feeling when I see a Jeep on the road. I, I can see myself in that Jeep. You start to grunt. I can see myself in there with no Ooh. doors and a roll bar. He's in the Grand Canyon. Endangering <laughs> myself. And uh, and I don't see the consumer reports. I don't see the, 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 the danger of the vehicle, the high cost of repair and maintenance. I don't see any of that. And so it is the car manufacturer's dream, 
and it is what keeps Chrysler Corporation alive. I should say Fiat Corporation alive. Without the Jeep, Fiat Chrysler would no longer be in business. So um, car dealers copy. I mean, the other manufacturers uh, are, the Toyota had a, a vehicle that copied the Jeep. Mm-hmm. FJ Cruiser. Yeah, or Cruiser. Cruiser. And if you look at a lot of the manufacturers' SUVs, they're copying the Jeep. But Chrysler's got the original. They're all over the place, and more power to you. Now, the good thing about that, if you think about buying a Jeep, they're so popular that they have a high resale value. Now, that's counterintuitive because usually a car that has terrible safety, terrible high-cost maintenance, uh, and everything else that can go wrong with a car, has low resale value. But people will buy that used Jeep and pay more money for it because they fell in love with it. And it's all about emotion. As for the off-road part, you might be surprised at how many people will take a, a thirty dollars or $40,000 vehicle that they've spent a ton of money dressing it up, and they will go out various places in South Florida off-roading and they're they're set up for it the places yeah. are designed for it and yeah. they just clean them up really really well afterwards because those folks love their jeeps exactly and when they get done filling it with mud they scrub every inch of it right back out again okay folks uh, we have a i know we have a caller we've got steve from west palm beach thank you for holding steve welcome to the show Good morning, Mr. Vincent Stewart and Rick. Um, I had a, a question. It was a couple months ago, but it, it's it's kind of, kind of a heavy question. Uh, you know, I wanted to know why the dealers, um, and if you do, you know, uh, I know my brother used to have the old Toyotas and things, and, and, and you put a spare with a, you know, a donut spare with a, you know, a wrench and uh, a jack to do it up. Is, isn't that standard anymore? Uh, because while I was asking uh, a lot of these contractors they should be held accountable uh you know i see them go to palm beach and things and all there's tacks and screws are loose and i work at a condo as, as at the door and and at both and i go around when i uh, i'm checking outside to pick up these things and there's like uh, you know a couple inch uh, nails and things that these these people are are leaving uh, you know around so i'm just wondering if it's not, is it a Toyota have it standard now, or is it listed in the car, or what? I, I brought it up, but I, I had forgot, because um, I have a car, and they don't, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be a little bit better, you know, practice the Dow, the good force, but um, they, they, they always, um, they don't have it standard, you know, they didn't put it in there, and I thought it was standard in the cars. It varies from model to model, I guess. Uh, we have some cars, I guess we probably still have some cars with spare tires, I'm not sure. Uh, some have just the inflator, and some yeah. have the uh, the run-flat uh, spare. Most most of our cars still have a jack and a spare tire. Um, there are a few models that have just an inflator, and they include, uh, as much as I hate to say this, they include <coughs> this bo- uh, bottle of Fix-A-Flat, and I'm going to state it on the air. I oh, think yes. that's the worst thing, even when it comes right from the manufacturer, which Toyota has done this too. Do not use Fix-A-Flat in your tire. Because if that tire is still repairable and you put Fix-A-Flat in it, it's no longer repairable. And that Fix-A-Flat will damage the tire pressure sensor. 
Unless it's an emergency, so, and if you're yeah. if you're if you're trapped in the Everglades, and, <coughs> and nobody's going to come, and an alligator's going to get you, uh, then you can use a fix a flat to leave. But uh, well, my my advice is use that inflator, fill the tire back up, drive till it starts to get soft again, and just keep filling it, mm-hmm. because you're actually going to do a lot better. Because uh, when you figure that the average tire could be anywhere from 120 mm-hmm. to over 200 dollars. And then that tire pressure sensor is another $150, and then it has to be programmed to the car, which is labor. Good point. That's a lot of money. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. You know, I didn't know that you could still purchase a can of tire inflator. It's everywhere. It is still everywhere? Because I used to use that back in the 50s and the 60s. And long after that, I heard that it was not good to inflate your your tire like that. Because once you've used it, that tire cannot be patched. The patches simply won't stick because it it messes with the rubber inside the tire, and that's it. It's done. Steve, thanks for the call. That's interesting. You uh, you get to see a lot of trunks, don't you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot. When in when removing a car after yeah. or something like that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Ever, uh, I really you, enjoy the show. <laughs> you ever find a body in the trunk? Uh, no, body. sir. <laughs> no. No, no Jimmy Hoffa stories. <laughs> Well, if you ever do, give the give the show a call. We'd like to hear about that. <laughs> it's, it's early. Alrighty, it's early yet, Steve. <laughs> yeah, line, yeah. Okay, you. thank you. Thank you, Steve. Okay, eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, and uh, you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. I have a text from Allison. I promised her yesterday that I would get to it today, and uh, the text is about uh, protecting yourself against uh, flooded cars. Uh, it might be a little bit too late for Allison because I think that she did purchase a flooded car, and uh, but I'll put this out there anyway, and uh, I'll let the auto experts that join me every Saturday morning add their professional opinion to this. Uh, The best way to check out your car, Allison, is through a professional. Take the car and have the vehicle checked. But uh, for myself, uh, just looking at your car, looking at the interior of your car, looking for musty smells, uh, especially uh, the carpet, the seats, the trunk, all the different places uh, and uh, uh, if you like tinkering around with your car like I do and taking a look at different things you can also check under the hood check under the hood and take a look for excessive rust uh, dirt mud all those types of things Uh, so now I'll turn that over to uh, that question over to Rick yeah you pretty much covered it perfectly uh, one thing to look at, though, lift up the floor mat and look for any signs of moisture or condensation buildup on the bottom of the floor mats. Because that rubber surface on the by, on the back side of it, any moisture that is under the carpet that's starting to steam its way up will collect on the bottom of that rubber floor mat very quickly. Yeah, and Allison, let me tell you what, <coughs> what a distinctive odor, mildew. There's no denying it. And if you can pick up on that anywhere in your vehicle, well, uh, you've got problems. Please give us a call, 877-960-9960, or you can text us, 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I think we're starting to get a little backlog of text here. We do, and I'll start with a comment um, from our friend John on Facebook. and He just said something I think it's important to read. 
He says, I appreciate Earl and Nancy and all the audience here that sends me daily messages checking on me as I go through this illness. I'll be the first to admit I'm scared. And for people that I've never met to think of me means more than I can express. You guys are like family to me, and I can't stress how much that means to me. Your kindness has restored my faith in mankind. So John, thank you so much. Thanks, John. We're touched. Um, interesting question here. We never got one like this before. This is uh, Jeff on Facebook. He says, Earl, what's your favorite part of being a dealership owner? You know, the funny thing is I'm having more fun now as a consumer advocate than I ever had as being a car dealer. Uh, the, to answer your question, when I was a car dealer, the uh, – the most fun I had was winning. I have a very high, I'm a very competitive person, and I've, I've been psychologically tested for that and scientifically proven I'm a competitive <coughs> maniac. I'm just, I've always got to be number one. That was done in a lab and, and, at uh, an undisclosed area. So, <laughs> so I, always, in a lab. I always had to, I always had to service more cars, sell more cars, and be number one. And the, the irony is, as I evolved, from a dishonest car dealer to an honest car dealer, uh, it was uh, it was almost like uh, an outside force had taken control of me because I'm thinking to myself, my evil side is saying, how am I going to be number one and sell more cars against all these evil dealers uh, if I'm trying to be nicer and kinder and more transparent? And I found out an amazing thing is I became a better uh, person and a better had a better company I actually found out more people wanted to buy cars from mm-hmm. me so it's harder the, the message is to all you car dealers out there if you're honest and transparent there's a huge uh, uh, disparity uh, car dealers you don't have any competition if you can do that your 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 yeah. customers will flock to your door it's uh you got to tell them though it, it's harder it's harder evil evil is easy Evil is easy. Yeah, good is harder. If you want to do it the easy Thanks, way, Thanks, Stu, for mentioning that. Mm-hmm. Earl doesn't mention that very often. Hard no. work. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Hard it's work not being uh, honest, a car dealer. And if everyone thinks that, uh, well, he has an outside force, we, Earl and I, want to announce that we are going to be doing a reality show of the office that we work out of from our home. And I can guarantee you that everyone will be entertained. <laughs> All right, so we have Johnny from Riviera Beach. You noticed there wasn't us. a comment. <laughs> Earl just looked shocked for a second. You're doing what? <laughs> uh, Johnny from Riviera Beach uh, says a lot of cars that are shipped from overseas are damaged and repaired at U.S. ports before they're shipped to new car dealers. Are the dealers required to reveal this information to customers before these cars are sold to them, or do they have a don't ask, don't tell policy? Well, that's a great question. Uh, there is a law on this, and if there is damage exceeding 1% of the manufacturer's suggested retail price, it must be disclosed. Right. And you're absolutely right. There's damage uh, from the time the car leaves the assembly line. Anything could happen. Uh, when put on the truck, taken off the truck, put on the ship, taken off the trip, and then you got to want another truck. So there's a lot of uh, handling of cars. Yep. And during the process, there's scratches and dings. And you only know about it if it's 1% of MSRP or greater. Now, remember, that's what it costs to repair. That's only what you're only going to know about it. Yeah. The dealer might know about it if it's less than that. Yeah, exactly. I can only speak for Toyota, but when we get yeah. cars from the port, uh, if there's any repair on it, there is a dollar amount that tells you how much they repaired yeah. it for. But it's up to the dealer to tell the customer. Exactly. Rick? Years ago, when I 
was we were doing training classes and we would actually go to the port in Jacksonville. Uh, they had one occasion where a ship in sea in transit coming from Japan, one of the cars broke loose during a storm and it literally tumbled around in the hold. Mm-hmm. So they had 30 or 40 cars lined up that we were able to go see and it was unbelievable the devastation on those cars. Yeah. Obviously those never got sold, but yeah, things like that can happen. That's a, it's Spoilers. a great question, and uh, the, the, the texture is a great question because any paint repair on a car, when detected by a paint meter, devalues the car. So a repair that costs less than 1%, now 1% of a $50,000 car is $500. So if you had a $495 repair, uh, there's no law saying that that has to be disclosed. And $495 worth of paint uh, on a quarter panel of a car, when somebody picks up with a paint meter, could devalue that car by $1,000. And you you never knew about it. Exactly. So the 1% is uh, an old law. It should be revised. Uh, When that law was passed, the average cost of a car, MSRP, was probably half of what it is today or less. We have a question on Facebook wanting to know, is that 1% damage disclosure a Florida or federal law? It is a Florida law. Okay. Mm. All right. Um, we have another text question. This is from Steve in New Jersey. Uh, Steve says, uh, uh, during the past few years, there's been a huge increase in car safety devices sold in new cars. In your opinion, Earl, what are the next new important safety features that we're going to be seeing? Uh, lasers uh, are, are the thing that are going to make all the safety features uh, even greater. Uh, lasers, which you've seen some of these autonomous cars and they have the little circling thing going around shooting out laser beams. Laser beams are far more accurate than the radar or the sonar devices. And uh, they have them now in uh, Waymo, which is Google's autonomous car company, uh, that has uh, pretty much got a down pat. It can detect about anything. Uh, I mean, you can catch a, a kitty cat on the side of the road uh, you can you can warn the car computer or the or the driver of the car pre-autonomous uh, to just about any event yeah. so that's coupled with the communication between cars yeah when we have the communication between cars and the radar by the way the radar uh, Waymo has learned how to conceal that within the car. Mm-hmm. So you can have a, I mean, the uh, the laser. They'll be able to, conce- to conceal the, the laser devices so you won't have that yeah. crazy-looking thing the up on top of the car. Top, yeah. So you have the lasers going, and you also have the communication between the cars. Yeah. The cars will be approaching perfectly, perfect safety. Yeah, I'd also guess that um, as they keep, inter- as we're evolving closer to autonomous vi- autonomous vehicles, that things like lane keep assist, there's going to be more things where there's driver assist yeah. things that will yeah. be introduced. Yeah, the car I'm driving right now, I will, <coughs> I will confess on the air, I drive a Lexus. Uh, the car I'm driving right now, as I came to the dealership, uh, to the dealership, to the radio station today, I stopped, and anytime I'm stopped at a stoplight, uh, I have a uh, uh, what do they call it with a windshield indicator where you can look at the windshield? Heads up display. Heads up display. Heads up display. Heads up display. Uh, I could see cars coming 100 yards beyond my vision mm-hmm. 
from either direction, and there's a yellow arrow that says there's a car coming. Uh, so we're at the point now where we will be able to have virtual total safety with the digital assistance that we have. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> not to do a commercial for Toyota, I'm sure all the car manufacturers are doing this, but Akio Toyota says the goal of Toyota is a world where there are zero traffic deaths or injuries. Yes. So that's the, that's the that's plan. A great goal, and yeah. it's a realistic goal. Yep. Uh, last comments from our Facebook page is from Andreas. He says, Earl, you've suggested in the past that a smart shopper should get three or four out-the-door quotes and use that information to make a decision which dealer to potentially proceed with. Should a smart consumer during the deal still try to get a better out-the-door price, or should we simply go by the original quoted price? You'll get uh, the best price if you get three competitive prices, and if you make the dealers that gave you those prices know that you're shopping in comparison. There's nothing that'll give you a better price if you do this properly. Uh, properly, I mean, you have to compare apples and apples. If you're looking at a Honda Civic with these accessories of this year, uh, Honda Civic, if you get the same exact car, same exact MSRP, and you compare it with three different Honda dealers, you will get the lowest price you're going to get anywhere. You have to be sure that you're getting an out-the-door price, and that's the big challenge. No other fees added other than government fees. You will get a great price if you do this. It's a lot of work, and that's the reason that we say Consumer Reports, True Car, um, um, uh, what is the other one? Consumer Reports, True Car, Costco. Costco, yeah. Costco. Those three sources of third-party uh, uh, buying services will give you a good price, too. We were just talking about that this morning. We were. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is that it on the text? That's it. We're all okay. caught up. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you of a very important website, youranonymousfeedback.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. We want to hear from you. It's completely anonymous. You are very protected. Say whatever you want. Well, within reason youranonymousfeedback.com and don't forget the other website because of all these recalls uh, every morning you wake up and turn on the TV there's a recall safercar.gov safercar.gov now back to the recovering car dealer okay before we get to the mystery shopping report Stu just reminded me we're going to end the show at 9.55 the station is a little out of sync here and, and uh the way the shows are being scheduled. So normally we quit at 10, we'll quit at 9.55 today. And so I'm gonna to move to my mystery shopping report to be sure that we uh, get that in. I just have one thing that I thought was very interesting. I saw this in the Wall Street Journal this morning, that Tesla is being investigated by the FBI. And uh, I say this uh, uh, just to alert you, if you're, uh, if you're thinking about buying a Tesla, I thought about buying a Tesla. I think Tesla is a good product. I chose not to buy a Tesla. Um, I happen to admire Elon Musk greatly. I think he's a genius and a good person. Uh, but the FBI is in investigating them, having to do with misstating the production numbers. Uh, it's pretty serious uh, because they're a publicly held company. Uh, if they were misstating their production numbers to inflate the price of the stock. It could be very serious to the stock price, and it would also be very serious to the existence of Tesla. So I'm not trying to tell you don't buy a Tesla. I'm saying if you're thinking about buying a Tesla, bear in mind, if the company goes out of business, uh, it's going to devalue well, your car. Or maybe Honda will buy them. Or, or somebody may, mm. may buy them. 
So I'm going to move to my mystery shopping report now. And uh, we, as Nancy said earlier, we mystery shopped AutoNation, Nissan, and Pembroke Pines. Of all the car dealerships that still freely sell Takata-affected used cars, the ones that trouble us the most are the big publicly owned auto groups like AutoNation. AutoNation is one of the very largest dealers. I believe they are the largest publicly owned. Penske is right up there, uh, and there are uh, Sonic and a number of others. Uh, you add all the publicly owned together, they really control and sell a significant percentage of all the cars. Uh, these corporations have a fiduciary responsibility to their stockholders not to expose their company to liability. AutoNation seemed to be taking this responsibility seriously back in 2015 when the CEO, Mike Jackson, a man who I admire greatly, by the way, and a man who just announced his retirement shortly, uh, that all AutoNation dealerships had stopped selling used cars, wholesale or retail, with an open safety recall. Now, my dealership took this uh, step uh, some time ago, and I was really happy to see that uh, Michael Jackson, AutoNation, had announced the same thing, uh, and it was a major move uh, instigated by the growing Takata airbag crisis. Jackson said that the sale of any unprepared vehicle is not a responsible solution. You're just kicking the can to someone else, and that's a true I statement. I believe that. AutoNation's pledge not to sell these dangerous vehicles lasted 18 months. Mike Jackson said it was both a good faith effort and a learning experience. When the company announced it was a reversing course, Jackson had this to say, I'm not big enough to change how the system works, how the recall system works. I tried, valiant effort. Uh, we still identify repairs or disclose them. We're at a better place than when we started, but it's not everything we'd hoped it would be. So the bottom line here is, Michael Jackson might be the CEO of Auto Jackson of uh, AutoNation, but he doesn't run AutoNation. Uh, the board of directors uh, runs AutoNation, and the stockholders indirectly run AutoNation, and the stockholders expect them to return a profit on their investment. And by holding all these cars, it was taxing the uh, bottom line. Expensive, extremely expensive, and I'm speaking from personal experience because mm -hmm. we spent a lot of money uh, well over $100,000, uh, well over $100,000, having to hold these cars from sale. So in Michael Jackson's case, AutoNation, it was millions and millions of dollars. So uh, he tried. I salute him. Uh, sorry that he had to cave, but he had no choice. I think if he had not made that decision, they would have fired him as CEO. So fiduciary responsibilities are not only to uh, liability, they're to making a profit. And that's, the, uh, that's a hard role there that the CEO has. The last time we mystery shopped an AutoNation dealership to investigate how they handle the sale of a Dakota-afflicted used car, it was an AutoNation Cadillac in December of 2017. They failed the Dakota test by not disclosing the recall or trying to stop the sale. Kind of shocking. They didn't do what Michael Jackson said they would do. This week we investigated AutoNation Nissan and Pembroke Pines, our first visit to this dealership. We found a used 2008, that's an old car, Ford Edge two, uh, SUV, orange in color, 93,000 miles, with a fixable, but yet unfixed, 
passenger side Takata airbag inflator recall that was issued in June of 2016. The vehicle was listed for sale on their website for $6,550. We confirmed the recall with three independent sources and Agent X, the best of the best, valiant, brave. He rode down on his steed. He did. <laughs> I called ahead, speaking as if I were Agent X, on the availability, spoke with a salesperson named Todd. Todd offered to go out on the lot, check the computer to make sure it was there and available for sale. He said he would call me back and then took a minute to collect all of my information, including my email address. I heard back from Todd 15 minutes later. He said the Edge was at their Margate location, but he could get it to him in Pembroke by dealer training. I thought that was pretty cool, and that is pretty cool, the fact that they could move cars around that fast. And I asked him if it was a big deal. I didn't want to be a problem. Todd said it was routine, and he would only need an hour to complete the transfer. He said he would call me when he received the car. An hour later, Todd called me to tell, the, tell me that the, uh, Ford, he had the Ford Edge. We set an appointment for me to come in and see it at 2 o'clock. Todd said he'd have the car in front of the showroom and to look for him near the entrance. I arrived on time and quickly found Todd, key in hand. He smiled, welcomed me to AutoNation, the one-price store. Now, that's interesting. Uh, they're one price on used cars. That's correct. But not on new cars. Not on new cars. I told him, I and by the way, uh, CarMax is one price on used cars, too. So there are two two stores, large stores, national stores, that are one price. I told him I liked the sound of that because I hated to haggle back and forth, and I hated dealer fees. This seemed to throw him off. He cleared his throat, <clears throat> and he said, well, we do have a dealer fee. Even I paid it when I bought my car here. And uh, that's true. Everybody pays a dealer fee at AutoNation. Uh, I never pay a dealer fee, I told him, as Agent X. Todd suggested we look at the edge, ignoring the, the comment entirely. <laughs> we walked over to it. It was uh, really orange, bright orange. I asked him to pop the hood, open the doors. I walked around it, inspecting. It was a very clean vehicle. I asked Todd if it was mechanically sound. He said it was, and added that it was a certified pre-owned car, CPO. That's right. Certified pre-owned. And it came with a 90-day, 4,000-mile warranty and a five-day return policy with a 250-mile limit. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I, I'm not to rag on them too much. I, it, it seems like a kind of an old car with high <coughs> mileage to be considered certified, but maybe they have a... It does. Maybe they have a special program. Yeah. And they're not a Ford dealer. Yeah, it depends on what they. Uh, yeah, it depends it's a, it's on what a Nissan dealer. Certify, yeah. <laughs> well, they may simply be certifying that it is a pre-owned vehicle. Here's the proof. They could certify this. Somebody's a, right. It's an orange vehicle. It's got had four previous owners, so it's yeah. yeah. You're right. Thanks, Rick. That's a good point, Rick. <laughs> we went for a test. You sound drive. like George Carlin. <laughs> I asked him my second question as we sped along Pines Boulevard: Has this car ever been in an accident? First of the three questions. Todd opened the glove box, pulled out a folder. Inside was a copy of the 125-point inspection and a printed Carfax vehicle history report. That's good. Todd reported to me that the Edge had been in an accident, uh, become disabled, and had to be towed away. However, he said the airbag 
did not deploy, so it couldn't have been too bad. Now, good, th- good thing the airbags didn't deploy. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing you'll see later. It's a good thing that the airbag didn't deploy. I, I agreed and said it uh, drove nice. I suggested we head back and write up the deal. Todd seemed pleased and said, let's do it. Todd and I sat at the desk. He asked me if I was ready to get started, and I asked if, uh, asked if I had any questions or concerns before we wrote it up. I said I thought one of the turn signals wasn't functioning properly. Todd replied he'd have that checked out and fixed. Then I said that since the car was over 10 years old, I was just slightly nervous about safety. And you should be, 10-year-old car. I asked him if there were any safety issues I needed to worry about uh, besides the turn signal. Todd said, no, there were none. This is is, uh, sad. Todd left to speak with Sergio to get the buyer's order. He came back with a nicely printed proposal. $6,550 $6,550 plus $799 dealer fee. Sales tax and a pretty, pretty hefty $549 for a new tag. You know, I meant to ask us to check that out because that sounds like a lot of money for a new tag. Yeah. We'll check that out and uh, get back to you later on that. But uh, for a 2010 Vehicle. My my suspicion is there probably is a yeah. e filing fee or a private tag built into that. Oh, ooh, that would be a real no no. Yeah, I, I don't know. So the actual buyer's order, which you can see, is in the back page of the report, mm-hmm. is not an official like the legal one. It looks like more like mm-hmm. a proposal. So yeah. it could probably, it's not as itemized as yeah. it could be. Well, we'll have to note that in our uh, in our conference on the class action suit, because this would be something that would be very difficult to uh, under undercover. Mm-hmm. You'd have to go into the business office, Correct. see mm-hmm. the official printout, and then you'd have to see what was included. And I think there are car dealerships out there that believe that tag agency fees and electronic filing fees are part of the tag yeah. fee, and it's, they're not. Yeah. They are dealer profit, and they are officially dealer fees. Legally, dealer fees. Yeah, but I bet you AutoNation, I bet you their buyer's order is, is legal, so those would be separate, separated out as line items. <coughs> we'll have to find out. I said I need to be no more than $7,700 out the door. Oh, no, did I skip something? Yeah, I skipped the fact that the total was $8,354.77. But I can't be over $7,700. Um, and Todd said it wasn't <coughs> possible to come down from the $8,354.77. Stuck to the one price, so that's it, is one price. And I believe they stick to their one price. Todd said it wasn't possible and reminded me they were on price store. I said he had to have some wiggle room. Uh, I said I had to have some wiggle room. And Todd said he'd go see Sergio and he could maybe explain it better. He left, came back with Sergio, who was really nice, thanked me for my time, (coughs) confirmed that Todd had told me they couldn't budge a penny. Now, I respect that. If you're one price, you have to be true to one price. Otherwise, you're flimp lemon people. People will come to you because they think they've got the lowest price. And then when you uh, test them on that and they lower the price, they're no better than the non-one price store because they're charging everybody a different price. So I respect anybody even if the price is high, I respect it, because they're sticking to their rules and what they say and their claims. They're honest when they do that. Well, they're more honest. 
they're dishonest because they're not including the dealer fee uh, in their out-the-door price. Uh, he left, okay, we got that, couldn't budge a penny. Uh, I said that uh, I asked if he could hold the car for me for one night. Uh, I said I was out of my budget and their price had had to be cleared over my wife. Sergio apologized that they didn't hold cars. If I left, they considered it available to sell to someone else. I respect that too. <coughs> I thank Sergio for his honesty. Said I hoped it wouldn't sell before I called back the next day, and I left. So there we are. He failed the Takata test. Uh, it's especially, especially disappointing to me because of my feelings for Michael Jackson, and it was especially disappointing because AutoNation is so big. And I do know now, and it's in the press, that they are pushing used car sales. They're trying to beef up their used car departments. So here they are. Uh, a few, uh, two or three years ago, they had an honest intent to protect people against the Takata airbag or any dangerous recalls, and now they've gone the other way. Uh, they have certified cars. Certified cars imply safe cars. A car with a dangerous recall is not a safe car. They were sued by uh, the California Consumer Against uh, for Cars, Auto Cars and Reliability Cars, CARS. Rosemary Sheehan is the president of that very large consumer organization in California. They were sued, and the Federal Trade Commission was sued for doing advertising certified cars that had dangerous recalls. This is on appeal now, by the way. So CarMax was also sued in that. How can you have a certified car and state you have a safe car when you have a car with a dangerous recall? You can't do it in good conscience. So let's vote. Uh, car Nation, uh, Auto Nation in uh, Pembroke Pines. Auto Nation, uh, Cadillac, is it Auto Nation Cadillac in Pembroke Pines. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, uh, we have grades coming in and how do you want to handle it? Would you like to have us go first? So we, or we don't want to be tainted by our listeners, yet we don't want to taint the opinions of our listeners ourselves. What do you? How, do many, you how many replies do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six so far. Okay, let's, let's vote. That's six. We'd be tainted. Let's vote ourselves. Okay, uh, Stu, you go first. Um, it was a really good experience uh, as far as the way they handled the dealer fee, the one price thing, um, the recall thing. I think it's a training thing. I don't think it was intentional. I don't think they're trying to deceive. I think it's just a, it's lack of foresight. It's lack of uh, thinking about it. So I'm going to give them a C. C. Nancy? I'll give them a, uh, a D minus. And uh, by the way, folks, uh, this day in history, October 27, 2016, Earl announces a dramatic step that he's going to be taking to stop car dealers from selling cars with dangerous Takata airbags. That is 2016. We're still fighting the fight. The cars are out there. They're being sold. What's the score? A D minus. D minus. Rick? I, I can't get past the fact that Todd looked right at the Carfax, stated it's a good thing the airbags didn't go off, and missed an airbag recall. I'm going F. F. I, I can't get past that. Um, I'm going to go with a D minus uh, uh, for the same reason that you went with an F. Let's hear the uh, scores on I'll Facebook. Go I'll go through these rapidly. Um, Alex gives them an F. 
We have an anonymous text with a D, another anonymous text with a D. Uh, Lisa on a text, a C minus. Roman is a text, a D. Linda on Facebook gives him an F. Andreas on Facebook gives him a C. And John on Facebook gives him a D. Okay, AutoNation fails. AutoNation Nissan. We got another said, F, by the way. <laughs> I said Cadillac. It was AutoNation Nissan in Pembroke Pines. So another F just came in. Stu said, overwhelmingly failing. And the reason they failed is because they had premeditation. They knew, and I'm, we're, you know, Stu doesn't think so. Uh, I think that if they looked at the Carfax report, they had to see the recall. And we had a lot of people that looked at the Carfax report. The used car manager had to look at it. Uh, uh, Sergio had to look at it. Um, Todd had to look at it. A lot of people looked at that, and uh, they had to see that there was a recall. Uh, they called it a safe car. They did it verbally. I just think, and I hold automation maybe to a little higher standard. They're a publicly owned company. I have to believe that this is a federal issue. The Securities Exchange Commission, uh, when a publicly held company <coughs> deceives the public, that is a very serious uh, fact, and uh, you're, you flunked them. I was too kind. And Michael Jackson, Mike Jackson, the CEO, somebody knows Mike Jackson. Tell them what happened. Nissan, Pembroke Pines, AutoNation, Nissan. Pembroke Pines. And you know how Michael Jackson feels about it because he tried so hard not to sell cars with defective, with dangerous yeah. recalls. He tried, and the board of directors and the stockholders forced him to change his mind. So the CEO doesn't like to do this. We just have two more F's coming. We got one minute <laughs> left. With this one minute, I'd like to apologize to Neil whose mobile Starbucks order I took off the counter and didn't realize till I got to the studio. Shame on you. <laughs> Sorry, Neil. <laughs> Great latte, though. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining all of us here at 95.9, 106.9 FM, the True Oldies Channel, and we will be right back here next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy your football weekend. <laughs>